This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield, your tactics and analytics podcast, courtesy of the Blood Red channel. I'm the host Josh Williams and I'm joined by my co-host David Hughes. Dave, how's things? Uh, very good, thank you mate. How are things at Ever- Everton Towers, mate? <laughs> I don't know. I'm uh, I'm firmly taking up my season at these Liverpool Towers. I'm just going to stay here for a few weeks and let, let it all blow over. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's warmer and a lot more stable over this side, I think. Yeah, it always is. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, I mean, this is the transfer special episode. This is the one that we, we do every summer, really. And it's we try to get in as quick as possible. Uh, around who we're going to sign for Liverpool this summer if if we were in charge, sort of thing, how we would manage to score. We tried to get in as early as possible, but obviously Liverpool being Liverpool have already announced Ibrahima Kanate. So we're going to have to just factor that one in like he's already signed. That's a little bit unfortunate, but we'll have to deal with it. I suppose Liverpool doing early business is a good sign. You know, we can't really moan too much about it, but what we're going to do is you know, I don't know Dave's answers. He doesn't know mine as usual. Typical analyzer on field, and we're going to go through the squad, and we're just going to determine, you know, what we do in certain departments, which players we'd keep, loan, um, players we'd buy, <clears throat> and obviously within reason as well. So, you know, we're not suggesting Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> I assume Dave. You know, I assume you haven't. Yeah, that's half the listeners that I've just turned off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll try to keep it logical, try to keep it realistic. And uh, just before we start, Dave, how did you find it? Yeah, all right, yeah, fine. Uh, that was something a bit different, isn't it? And, yeah, I thought it was quite quite straightforward in, in part, certainly in terms of decisions on, on players. Um, yeah, but I won't say much more for now. See, one thing I found with it was, obviously we will, we will get to it, but when it comes to... Uh, whether you would sign a certain player. A lot of it really does come down to, well, yes, but if he's sold. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of, a lot of it's ifs and maybes as to what will actually happen during the window before you then get the open door to go and do this and that sort of thing. But we will get to that anyway. And we'll start off absolute basics with the goalkeeping department. So I assume you're keeping Alison Becker, Dave. <laughs> just about yeah just about it I let him off because he scored that goal otherwise he was out <laughs> oh yeah he's uh, yeah, it goes out saying doesn't it really one top top keepers in Europe um, yeah you know Liverpool have done really well to bring him in and he's been a huge success so Liverpool obviously have a little bit of a small decision to make in the backup goalkeeping department Adrian is out of contract would you keep him Dave would you move up Kelleher to second choice or would you go and sign some form of backup you know I, I did I did sit on this one for a little minute um, and personally I, I'd, I'd, I'd avoid spending any res- you know kind of spending any cash or putting aside any resources for the new number two and probably stick with Keller here um, because you know he, he had to he, he come in under difficult circumstances this season, played about maybe over 700 competitive minutes. In fact, I think it was just over 700 competitive minutes. 
and he performed well. You know, he, he performed exactly what you need from your from your reserve goalkeeper. Um, he's also going to be happy to be an understudy to Allison for the time being. Um, in fact, you know, I've got his numbers up here. Now, when you're using white scouts, I'll take these with a pinch of salt, but um, just to give you a rough idea, conceded nine goals from an. Um, this is post shot as well. Expected goals against a thirteen point one. So, you know, that's what? that's fairly yeah, fairly decent numbers. You know, for how long he played, which was as I said, uh, just under eight hundred minutes actually. So he he did quite well when he come in, and that's exactly what you need from a number two. Um, Alison, on the other hand, I think you'll agree. It's not Alison, uh, Adrian, on the other hand, I think you'll agree didn't really, you know, impress us that much, did he? When he come in, and I think he's a player that I'd be quite content to see leave. Yeah, understatements. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, I wanted to come across too, you know, too bad because uh, I know he, I know he did help us in certain moments. Always think back to the uh, the Super Cup final and games like that, but at the same time. Just, it's not a nice feeling when you've got a keeper like that in goal. You're just permanently on edge. So, I will have no issues with moving Kelleher to my second choice. I think he's good on the ball as well, which is something I didn't mention there. Um, really composed in possession. Obviously, only 22, I think he is still. So, and you know, if it gets to a point where, say, for example, he has a bit of a Emmy Martinez run of form. As he did at Arsenal, and then Arsenal end up raising about twenty million for the services, and end up getting sold. You know that, that then Liverpool have got a bit of a fee there for the players who come to the academy. So I've got no issues with keeping him a second choice and using him in domestic cup games. So yeah, quite an easy one for me that one. Um, but what about your defence, Steve? Um, are we starting with right back, or just as a general? Um, I'm not sure. I will do this. We'll go with right back. Yeah. So yeah. Are you what are you are you doing anything to right back at all? Probably not, no. You know, unless there, there was an, an an opportunity that arises in terms of getting an understudy for Trent, then maybe, but you know, that is on paper what Nico Williams is. Um okay, he hasn't played his best football, but he's still a fairly young lad, isn't he? Uh, when he's come in sometimes. So I mean again I'm inclined to think he's shown he can do a job when he does come in. Um Obviously, Trent's going nowhere anytime soon. And what you've got to remember with Trent, not only is he, you know, a, a key foundation within the side, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet, that's normally quite regular for a player in the prime who's, you know, maybe got one or two years left and you are thinking about, uh, you know, three years down the line replacing him. But he's still like, how old is Trent? Is he like 22, 23? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, like, yeah I think it's yeah, yesterday, but I think he was 22. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's, you could make a case that he's still four or five years off being his prime, you know, prime years. So you don't really want to be bringing in a player who'll be expecting to play football. Uh, and I think Nico Williams is, is a good understudy to have. So I'm not touching the right back position. No, I'm not either. I've got Trent as my first choice. Nico is the backup. And I'll throw in there as well, which I think I've mentioned in previous episodes every now and then. I would also, every now and then, if Trent is unavailable, I, I would throw Ox as as the right-back just to see how he gets on. I know he played there for Arsenal, played as a wing-back at times. And I think he's got certain traits that are applicable to the role. Obviously, he's really mobile. Um, naturally inclined to, to dart down the wing before putting crosses in. Good runner. Um, and he's, I think, defending 1v1, he's quite, he, you know, he's a... He's, 
quite a force, isn't he? So I think mm. from an opposition perspective, I don't think he'd be an easy player to, to just dart past one v one. He's quite like mm. physically, he's a he's along the lines of Kyle Walker, really, isn't he? So mm. you know, I, I think he'd be an interesting player to test out there. So yeah, I'd, I'd totally avoid right backs. I don't think we need a right back. Mm. And in terms of left backs, for me, Dave, it's the same. Uh, I'd obviously keep Andy Roberts from where he is. And although Samikas has had a quiet year, I do think there's underlying reasons behind that. I think given that the league he's come from for a start, you know, the standard's completely different. And then couple that in with the fact that if he was going to play at any point throughout the season, it was always going to be without the first choice or second choice or third choice centre-back. So, mm. you know, considering Klopp wants to keep some sort of consistency with his back line, that's why Trent and Robbo ended up playing virtually every minute. But I think mm. if Van Dijk was fit for the whole of the season and Gomez played all season, I think we would we would, would have saw Simicas a lot more. And I think next season that, that will be the case. Robertson will remain his first choice, I'm sure. But I just mean he'll get used off the bench a bit more, he'll get rotated a little bit more, he needs a break. So uh, I've got no issues touching that department. Yeah, I agree. You know, I've just I'm having a look now, and um, yeah, Robertson played all 38 Premier League games this season in one, you know, one capacity or the other, um, which is a lot, isn't it? Um, and I agree. I think there would have been more opportunities for him had things not panned out the way they were, um, and there was already so much upheaval next to him then. You know, it, it could weaken the defence even further, putting them in that environment. So, yeah, I agree. He's he's, he's untested at the moment. You know, nothing about him. It's he's basically the same player um, that that arrived. You know, when he first come in. You know, in terms of what you know about him, what he'll bring. So, you're still in the same position. So, yeah, you know, let's let's see what he can actually do first before making any kind of comments. If you think of Robertson as well, when Robertson first came, he didn't really start getting looking until Christmas after the summer. And if you think of where Liverpool were this season, around the Christmas period, that was roughly when the centre-back department started to collapse a little bit. Um, so you could you could argue the second half of the season, when Simakas might have been used a bit more, was when Liverpool almost collapsed a bit. So, yeah, again, next season, have a look at him, see how he gets on. But now, Dave, a bit more... Bit more detail now. This one we might have some contrasting views here. So the centre back department. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have Van Dijk. We have now Ibrahim Kanate, Joe Gomez, Joel Matip, Nat Phillips, Ben Davis, Reese Williams. What? <laughs> what do you do? It's, you know what I mean. It's starting, it's, it's, it's starting to look a little bit bloated on paper, at least, isn't it? Yeah. The thing uh... is, it's. It looks bloated, but you, you've still got that thing in the back of your head, haven't you? Where, like, Liverpool's departments out of nowhere this season, at least, just become empty very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, the way you're thinking to yourself, oh, get rid of Williams, get rid of Davis, whatever, you could do that and then encounter a similar scenario. It's highly unlikely, but, you know, it's it's in the back of your head. But, you know, how are you assessing the centre-back department then? Um, well, the obvious kind of... Deal with the red flags first. I think worst case scenario, you could look at it and say, you know, does Van Dijk return the play that he was? Um, you know, an elite player, at, at least in his position. But then coming back from a serious injury, there's always doubt, especially with knee injuries. I don't 
I don't care how, how great of a professional you are, how hard you've worked. I think it's really difficult to to at least guarantee you'll come back to the player you was. That being said, we're hopeful that he is. Um, so, you know, hopefully he comes back and doesn't start breaking down as a player and just becomes this consistent performer again. Canate, um, again, you know, I know there's been loads of caveats to this, but all I will say is he has he, do, he has had a suspect suspect injury records, you know, in, in his kind of senior career. So there could be another red flag there. Gomez, you'd expect to kind of come back and make a full recovery given his age. Massive. We know what Massive's like. You know, you, you can't get a consistent season out of him. So if you look at it from that rather pessimistic point of view, first and foremost, you can see some issues there, can't you? And suddenly that squad won't look as bloated because there's no guarantee those players will be reliable. If you flip it, though, and you say... You know, Van Dyke comes back as he is. The, the caveats with Canate explain why, you know, he's missed some games and he, he starts becoming a consistent performer. Gomez back to normal. You've got three really strong centre-backs. Matip is your fourth. Matip probably becomes more reliable, as stupid as it sounds, because he's not having to be used week in, week out, meaning you can protect them a little bit better. So then that's really good, isn't it? And, now, and then you can start looking at your Phillipses, your Williams, Davis, and thinking, well, what do you do with them? Uh, and I guess, you know, that's probably your next question. <laughs> Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. The four first choice players, let's say, I think are fairly obvious. You know, it is Van Dyke, Canate, Gomez, and Matup. But, you know, at least, well, all four of them, as you've just said, all four of them have very slight maybe concerns that you'd label at them when it comes to fitness, when it comes to availability. So as I said, it is it is a, a a delicate department. I think is probably the way of putting it. Um, we'll know a lot more about it by January, say half the season's finished. Mm. But when it comes to starting the campaign, you just don't really know too much. But we'll start with Phillips, Dave. So mm. what are you doing with that Phillips? So twelve months ago, we were doing this in the exact same situation with the exact same players. I'd be inclined to stay sell um, on the back of his success. And I must admit, I'm still in that camp. Well, I'll caveat it in a moment. But um, I just think he's he's not as good as those four players, those four first-choice centre-backs. But he's proven himself as a consistent uh, Premier League-level centre-back. And he's got all the desirable traits to go with it you know he's really good in the air he's strong decent on the ball um, and I think there's a lot of sides in the Premier League who are looking for centre-backs like that and he could, he could probably go to any side from the top five sides downwards and be a starting centre-back so on that reason I'm tempted to sell him and get some get get, get profit on him while the stock is this high because it's unlikely to be like that in 12 months time um, but I do want to say just before we move on to someone else or you talk about him I would be inclined if the, if the sale didn't come up or the no offers come in to keep him just to protect some of those issues we talked about with the other four in terms of you know potential fitness problems yeah I think for me I would be inclined to keep him at the minute this summer uh, and the reason for that is just almost as a safety net, as a bit of insurance, as to if things do start to go wrong again, or if for whatever reason Van Dyke can't 
start playing three games a week suddenly or Gomez takes a bit longer or whatever, I would be inclined to keep Phillips um, as a fifth-choice player. Um, if a bid comes in for him from a Premier League club or whatever for over £15 million, I'd be tempted to, mm. to get rid. Um, simply because of what you've just said, and this is kind of how you have to think a lot of the time, is this player's stock ever going to be as high as it currently is? You know, that was very much the case with Brewster. Liverpool fans were, were very much like, just loan him to Sheffield United, let him go on loan. But he just spent half a season at Swansea, scored something like 11 goals. Mm. Um, and if imagine how imagine how much he'd cost now. Imagine how much Liverpool would be able to sell him for now if he just had a full season on loan at Bramall Lane, didn't score once. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how you've got to think. But with Phillips, although I'm thinking along those lines with Stock and, you know, is he going to be worth this much again ever? I still, I still can't help thinking about what has happened this season and how Liverpool have to guard against that. So if Liverpool's season next year up until the January window is perfectly normal, no issues, and Phillips, is, I suppose, wants to play more, then I'd be a bit more inclined to sell him. But... Um, up until that point, I do think he's he should start the season at the club just in case anything goes wrong because I think he can he's proved he can come in, be a bit of a reliable presence, and just do a job until things get a, get a bit more safe. Mm. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to Reach Williams, Dave, what are your thoughts on on him? Um, he'd be a, if the options available, I'd, I'd I'd probably look to loan Williams out. Um. I think he's shown enough that he's got. He could go on to have a really high ceiling and be a top central defender. Um, so, would you loan him to the Premier League or Championship? I, I'll be honest. I'd actually probably aim for the Championship side. Um, yeah, I, I would as well. Yeah, I just I think it's it's, it's probably a better environment for him to to learn. And, and would he play? Guarantee? Would he? Yeah. Would he play in the Premier League? Yeah, I, I must admit, I don't think he's overly ready for Premier League football. I think Liverpool's system largely protects them because of how ingrained it is and how dominant it is at times. But I think at just a standard club, say, for example, Everton, Dave, or, you know, a- a- any club in, in a Someone Premier else. League, really. <laughs> Don't <laughs> mention any words. <laughs> um, but what about then, Ben Davis? Because this, this is a... Very tricky one to make a comment on because I've got no clue. I've I've got no real clue how good he is, really. Um, and I don't overly know the story behind it. I do think it was along. It's along the lines of Liverpool got him in as an additional centre back, and Kabak was kind of the first to be ready to play. Let's say, and he just got in before Davis did and I think along the lines <clears throat> along the way Davis has picked up the odd, lock, the odd knock as well so mm. it's difficult to determine what to do with him this summer yeah I agree he's a tough one um, I, I, honestly I think what you do with him depends on what you know if there's any interest in him if another you know, championship club comes back in and offers to double double the money paid. I think it was only about 1.5 mil or something, wasn't it really? Small like that. Um, you know, if if you can, or do you pay 4 mil, 5 mil, you probably sell him. Uh, and he's a, you know, he's a player that's highly rated. 
Um, you know, I'd 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 saw I'd saw bits of him. He was good. Um, I'd spoke to Guy, our producer, who watched a lot of Preston. Said you know a top centre back, probably one of their best. Um, you know, so he was a high end Championship player. Uh, he probably could adapt to the Premier League quite well, and a move to the Premier League was most likely on the horizon. Maybe just not to Liverpool, but it hasn't really happened so far. If if Liverpool didn't have the, the quality they have in that position already, you know, you'd, you'd maybe be more inclined to say give him a shot. But you know, the, he's he's quite clearly going to be maybe fifth or sixth choice. So you know, do do Liverpool really need him on the books? Probably not. Um, and I'd, I'd I'd be inclined to sell if if he can make a profit. Yeah, he he was very much an emergency sign. I think Ben Davis, obviously Liverpool got him for a really reduced price because his deal was running out in six months. So I think given that he was an emergency, we didn't really need him as an emergency in the end. Mm. And now you you could argue that crisis is kind of over. I would be inclined to sell him myself. I think if Liverpool mm. could get, you know, the way Edwards tends to work, if Liverpool could get between five and ten million for him, considering he, you know, he is English, I think he's around 25, 26, good on the ball, there's no real... Issues there. Plenty of clubs would take him, Celtic up after him. So, if Liverpool can get between five and ten million for him, I think that would be great business. Um, mm. Possibly, you know, if need must, send them on loan. But I don't think I'd be inclined to keep him around. But you know, we, that's a difficult one because we don't know the uh, the story behind the scenes. And then the final question, Dave, when it comes to the defence, any more signings? Um. I think for the reason, you know, there's, there's players that we've talked about, haven't we, in the past, Fletcher, Botman and all them, but I just feel like, given that we've just talked about it being fairly bloated in that position, um, maybe moving players on, uh, I'd be inclined to save the, the finances, you know, resources for other positions, personally. Just before we move on, actually, uh, obviously we know the answer now, but if we'd have done this a week or two ago, what would you... What would you have done with Kabach? Um, <laughs> that would have depended if there was some, a better option coming in, like like to prove to be. Um, yeah. I thought he was okay, you know, solid, but uh, I wasn't particularly overly impressed either. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a, a bit that turn beige. Yeah, I felt a bit too harsh on him at the, at the start. I, I feel like I, I went really early along the lines of. Liverpool won't keep this player, um, so I'm kind of glad that's how it worked out. Otherwise, mm. I would have looked, I would have, would have had egg on, <laughs> on me face. Um, I do think he was fine, you know, no issues there. But I do think a player like Canate has got a higher ceiling, and mm. I think Liverpool can aspire to that. So, yeah, I, I would have, I would have let him go back to Schalke, and I think I would have searched for someone who's got someone who's better, essentially. Can I think Canate mm. is? Mm. <laughs> Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. So the midfield, then. Uh, this is another one that will probably split opinions. So Liverpool currently have Jordan Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, James Milner, Curtis Jones, Ox, Naby Keita, and if you're including who's coming home, Marco Grujic. So, you've got seven slash eight midfielders there. Uh, there's a bit of a common consensus that 
Liverpool needs to buy him in the field there because Ryan Elm's leaving. Um, so we'll start with, before we move on to whether you're buying anyone or whatever, we'll start with what you're doing with the players we've currently got because that kind of comes first, I suppose. Mm. So we'll start with the trickiest one of them all. For me, I found this one difficult. What are you doing with Naby Keita? <laughs> Good question. Um, Keita is tough because, you know, it just has not happened, has it? And no. this, it feels like in, so much has been invested that you, you almost don't want to cut ties and you just want to stick out it a little bit longer and hope it comes to fruition. But I just can't see it. Uh, I, I mean, short answer, I'd be inclined to maybe give him just one more year because what actually rings it through me is is a conversation we had on analysing Anfield a couple of months ago where you know you 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 pointed out his age, you know, still kind of mid twenties, I think he's twenty five. You know, he's not technically even in his prime years yet. Um, so you know, with that in mind, maybe I'd be inclined to go one more year. Plus, go on. I was going to say, see, see the really difficult thing with this. This is why why I was caught between posts is he's got two years on his deal remaining so if Liverpool do go one more year they're then in a position next summer where he's got one year left on his deal Mm. do you give him a new contract to preserve his value do you sell him with a year left do you let his contract run all the way down and just take a hit if he ends up leaving so he's in that kind of difficult place at the minute where he's clearly a good player. Liverpool clearly want to keep him, probably, because of his level. But he's just not getting on the pitch enough for Liverpool to even kind of assess what to do with him, really. Um, And I'm just not sure what the response would be if, say, a bid for £25 was to come in for him this summer. Mm. Um. I'm curious to know what the club would do with that because that would tempt me. Despite the fact he's good, quite clearly good, his availability at Liverpool is pretty much getting worse by the year rather than better. Um, so if we, if we go back to 2016, that was RB Leipzig um, in the Bundesliga. So he, he started 29 league matches. A year later, he started 23. Then he moved to Liverpool. Starts 16. Next season at Liverpool, starts 9. And the season just finished, he started 7. Mm. Started 7 games in the Premier League. Um, Surprised it's even that. Yeah, well, it's the kind of thing that I have just kind of almost blocked out because I want him to do well, but it, and it just gets me down, the fact that it, it, it's even the case. But the mm. fact he's, he, he's almost starting less with time, it's, it, there's no indication there that it's getting better than it is a tricky question, that one, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah, I, I don't think there's a straightforward answer on that one. It might just depend what happens with you know interest from other parties. If you can get half your money back, then do you take it? Um, I, th- I think for me, hmm. on this one, I would be inclined to keep him. But, and I wouldn't be actively looking to sell him. And I think I'd, ac- I'd assess his contract situation next summer. But I do think, in the meantime, if, if any sort of interest materialises around them, if any bids come in, I wouldn't just put the phone down. You know, I'd, uh, there'd, there'd be an element there of 
do we take a loss here? You know, do we do we mm. accept that it's kind of not happening? Because it's been, it's now been about five years since he played over two thousand league minutes in a season. Uh, so when he, if he starts becoming available again, it's it, it just you know if you haven't done that for five years, it can get difficult to just start doing it again. I don't know where, but well, his issue is Josh, isn't it? He breaks down, and it, what's going to test that more? Playing regularly after not playing for a long time, you know that's that just opens the door to break down even more. So, um, yeah, I agree. So, uh, Marco Grigic, so <laughs> please, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the old the the prompt answer there, but yeah, that you know it's seller will ever pay to take him because I, I'll be honest, Josh. Up until we talked about well you know preparation for the show I forgot all about him I know uh, I knew he was at Porto uh, but yeah I don't even think he was playing week in week out there anyway um, so yeah just take what you can get if anything but uh, when's yeah. his contract up? Well this is this forms part of my answer I would sell him and I think this summer in particular I would try, try to avoid loaning him again because he's mm. from this summer he's got two years left now um, so if we have to loan him again, that means next summer he's probably getting sold with a year left on his deal, which means we're not getting much for him. Um, but yeah, but that wants to be too harsh on him. Don't get me wrong; I think he's had a series of loans and he's generally done quite well at each, at every club he's been loaned to, with the exception of maybe Porto this season. I haven't checked, but I don't think he's played that much. I think he played um, on two thousand minutes, which it tells says it's a player who's kind of played but not maybe started every game. See in in the league, in the league only, he started nine times, mm, um, and he's only played about eight hundred minutes. Oh, so I don't think he's had the best campaign. Um, again, I think he's a he's a decent talent. I think he'd suit plenty of sides. To be honest, decent player. Um, mm. But he's just never maybe generated the I don't know the clamor around his name the way like a a, a Brewster did, and the way. Phillips maybe has now. Grouch has never mm. really achieved that, but yeah, e- easy answer. It, if we can find a buyer, I'd, I'd definitely sell him. I think mm. he's he's had enough loans now for, and he's he's also I think he's like twenty six now or something. So if you're gonna sell him, you want to do it now while he's still in his prime, rather than when he's kind of pushing it. Yeah, um, I agree. And then Ox Dave, there's a few question marks around Ox, I suppose, from certain people. Um, just thought I'd throw the question in there, really. Well, uh, you threw me off a little bit when you mentioned him earlier as a, w- as a wing-back because uh, maybe we, we may differ on this, but I'm just of the opinion to, to sell him, to be honest. Uh, I think it would suit both parties. I do think he could still go and be an, an effective player at another club. You know, someone like a, a West Ham springs to mind or they've been linked and that's why it's in there. But yeah, I feel like he'd go and be you know, a, a, an effective starter at another club, but I just don't think he does it enough for Liverpool, to be blunt. Um, and so I'd, I'd be inclined to get some money back if I could. Yeah, with me, I've got down keep. But I think if it, if any interest was to emerge around him and if, if like bids of around 20 million maybe were to come in for him, I would be tempted Um 
as I said, I wouldn't be in a rush to sell him, wouldn't be actively putting him on a transfer list or whatever you want to call it. Because I think, above everything, I think he's just a really good character to have around the squad, to be honest. Mm. But, and and he's versatile, really versatile. He can play in the front line, he can play in midfield. I think he can play as a right-back. So, yeah, I wouldn't actively look to sell him, but I think he's he's another one who, if you're being honest, you could probably admit he's probably never going to progress beyond a fringe player for Liverpool now. Mm. So, if you get 20 million off of for, for a fringe player, do you take it? Um, so, yeah, that's my answer on that one. But then, again, Main question, Dave. Any more signings in the midfield department? So, I actually don't think it would hurt Liverpool to bring in a new face uh, if they cause, especially losing Wayne Alderman. A player who springs to mind, Rosa, well, Rosa was him a few times this year, uh, and we spoke about him, although it wasn't my pick, it was actually someone you flagged um, a couple of weeks ago. But maybe like a, a Cooper Miners or something from, some, from AZ could be an option. Just because I think he does a lot, a lot of good things with the ball, and he's a good age of twenty three. I don't know if he's exactly suited to to this Liverpool side because you know it's something that you need to look into a little bit more. But just me, it doesn't need to be him precisely, but just that kind of profile. Uh, you know, a player who kind of does make stuff make stuff happen from the middle, good on both sides of the game. You know, with and without the ball, and a good age. I just I think it would be Liverpool could do with one more face in there because. Looking at midfield, Henderson, Thiago, Fabinho, you know, fantastic players. Um, but if one of them isn't free, not ideal because you've got Milner coming in. And I know Milner's like a never-ending, you know, like he's like those, what, the um, AA batter, I can't think of the, the, the brand. I don't, maybe Duracell. I should mention them. Duracell, yeah. He's like, you know, he's got an re- endless supply of Duracell batteries. But, you know, the reality is at some point he will start slowing down. It could well be next season, given his age. Uh Got Jones, who's obviously a really good player. Jones is nice to have there, but you, you're only really looking at a midfield of four there, and th- I'd say three of them. Well, Henderson, Thiago, you know, close to thirty or hitting thirty, being you know twenty-seven. So I do think one nice, you know, new fresh play, fresh face, top player would would be a nice addition. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. I don't think Liverpool need a centre-mid addition the way they needed a centre-back. It's not a need for me. Mm. And I think we, we will get to the forward line soon, but maybe some of this would relate to what what happens in the forward line and who Liverpool sign there. But when it comes to who Liverpool might sign in midfield, I've looked at it and I think specifically last season surprised me because last season made me aware of I suppose, what Liverpool kind of do in these situations. Thiago Alcantara is not really that much of a Liverpool player, you could probably say. He's not a typical club player, is he? Mm. But I think when he was added, he was added because he was just... what he, The squad didn't have a player like him. He, he, you know, he, he, he was adding a new element to the team. Liverpool didn't really have that metronome type of player, that, that conductor. Um, and he, he got added to the squad for that reason, really, because he was just another tool to add to Liverpool's weaponry, if you like. Um, so I've I've looked at the squad, and I think, you know, what what kind of is the, that, or what isn't the, that Liverpool, you know, haven't got, that Liverpool kind of could add, that they, just to give Klopp another tool that he doesn't already have. And I think, maybe, I was thinking like a scoring 
number 10 slash number 8 type. Um, someone like a, a Bruno Fernandes, a Kevin De Bruyne, James Madison, Mason Mount. That player who can play as an 8, but can play as a 10, and just chips in fairly frequently with goals. Liverpool don't really seem to have that. You know, if you, if you look at what Liverpool have got, Henderson, no. Thiago, no. Fabinho, no. Milner, no. Curtis Jones, maybe. Ox, possibly, but he doesn't get on the pitch often enough. Mm. And Keita, I would say no. Um, And then, obviously, this obviously comes into the fact that, I'll speak about him now, Shaqiri, rumoured to be potentially leaving, and if he did leave, maybe Liverpool would be light on the number 10s area. Shaqiri can play there. If he left, Firmino would be the only player really in the squad who can play as a 10. Obviously, Thiago can kind of do it, I suppose, but I'm just thinking what Liverpool don't have, just that kind of scoring threat that I suppose many rivals have got, but Liverpool don't. And I thought about, you know, who potentially fits that bill. And I've just come up with two names, just... You know, I'm not sure if Liverpool are going to chase them, but number one is, um, hopefully I'm not going to butcher his name, Hussein Oua at Lyon. Um, really good player, really technical. I think he's played as an 8 and as a 10 in recent times. I think he's even played on the wing and stuff. But he's chipped in with decent regularity at um, Lille. Get up his numbers now. Still very young. Um, he's only... 22, but he's been around for, for a fair few seasons now. This season, scored seven. Um, without penalties, he scored five. Season before, he scored three. Season before, he scored seven. Season before, he scored six. Versatile, and obviously, I don't think I don't Leal qualified for the Champions League, did he, Dave? Leal? Yeah, sorry, Leon. Oh yeah, yeah, I was just say on the league. Um, yeah, I think he had a pretty, <laughs> I think they had a pretty poor season this by their standards, at least anyway. Uh, yeah, well, I've seen, I've just seen the other little rumor saying like you know they'll accept thirty million for for Ouar and, and things like this, and mm. just given what Liverpool maybe don't have in the squad, I wouldn't be overly surprised if Liverpool looked at Ouar, um and just tested the water really with a bit because yeah. like like Canate, he's really young but also has loads of minutes behind him as well, where you can accurately judge what he is. You know, he's not just new on the scene. Mm. Like this next player that I'm going to mention, who is uh, Pedro Goncalves. He's been linked quietly recently. Are you, are you aware of him, Dave? Mm, no, 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 not on my radar. He's at Sporting, um, and he's kind of had a little bit of a Bruno Fernandes season, to be honest, when he was over there. Um, his numbers are crazy. Uh, kind so, of as he's filled Fernandez's shoes, has he? Kind of, yeah. It looks like. I mean, in 2018-19, he played for Wolves as an academy player. I think in the Premier League two, scored three, assisted two. Then he moved to Formalia Cow. Hopefully, I've pronounced that right in Portugal. In the top division, scored five, assisted five. And in this season, his first year at Sporting, he scored 23, mate. It's 23 goals, and 21 of them have been in non-penalty. 
So only oh, two yeah. pens, only two pens in there, yeah, and three assists. What are the um, underlying numbers like? Like his expected numbers? Well, it's tricky because with that being the league that he's in, you know, Portuguese and stuff, FB mm. ref or stats bomb or whatever you want to call it, our provider don't cover that. So I haven't actually checked his wife's got numbers, David. We want to have a little look while I'm yeah, a, speaking. No. But I'll just say his surname Goncalves. Pedro Goncalves. He's a. Yeah, uh, spelled, spelled with a G O N, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean. yeah. Oh, that's not why you're, why you're talking. Yeah, still only 22. Still very young. Um, One one issue, he's very small. He's only 5'8". And, you know, weight-wise as well, he's really light. So whether that could be an issue in the Premier League, I'm not sure. Mm. And the fact that Liverpool wouldn't have many many minutes there to go on, basically given that he's kind of based onto the scene, unlike Uar, who's been around for about four seasons now. I don't think I can see a move there, but it's it's just the kind of, I suppose, midfield attacking option who's really versatile, offers goals from deep that Liverpool don't have. And his numbers are, you know, he's, he's returned a serious amount there this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, as you'd probably expect with that goal return, he has massively overperformed. And next year, roughly 11, but... You could make the case that even if that was to settle down, you know, with that XG, that's that's quite good. And even if he's only to retain, say, you know, 13, 14, 15 goals, that's still a really good return for that position. Certainly something that would be um, appealing from a Liverpool perspective, isn't it? So, you know, although it's an overperformance in terms of, you know, scoring 23 goals from, from, from a combined XG of 11, I think, the fact that the is actually is eleven in the first place is a really good sign. Uh, and as I said, you know, if it, even if it was a bit less, you know, in another season, maybe he doesn't have, he isn't as clinical or a little bit less luck. And he was he was only to score maybe fifteen goals. That's that's still a really good return and, and appealing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just thinking of you know, I suppose the kind of player Wayne Allen was, where he, he offered obviously lots of balance and stuff like that. But then, if you needed him to, he could offer goals from midfield. Mm. Liverpool are maybe a little bit out without that now, and he could be lighting the number 10 area because of Shaqiri leaving. So I'm just thinking, you know, a number 8, number 10 type who offers goals. And looking at this lad, although he looks really lightweight, he's he's doing a lot and he's versatile. And him and Hassan Mouar are, are two players who I think roughly fit the bill, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Mm. So, and then when it comes to the forwards, Dave, so last but not least, um, so we'll start with the, I mean, it's hard to to group these players into fixed positions because someone like, you know, Joseph, for example, plays a bit everywhere, but we'll start with the left wing, um, which you've you've probably got Mane and Jota over there, to be honest. Are Are you signing anyone? Are you keeping them? In fact, oh, yeah, no. Forget about the signs. Are you are you keeping the players as they are? Uh, well, you know the the obvious four, yeah. Uh, or if we're sorry, if we're just splitting it up into Mane and Jota, yeah. You know, it. it you, unless you, uh, use the four. Okay. Well, yeah, the obvious four. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm giving another year, unless unless something played out from here until the start of the season. You know, if if. I'm not picking on him, I'll just use him as an example, but say Salah 
starts talking up and move to Barcelona, Real Madrid or whatever, or makes it clear that he'd like to leave and one of those clubs come in with a a, a big offer. As I said, I can't see either of them doing it because they can't afford it. But, you know, PSG, anyone like that, and it, it become quite clear that he wanted to leave, then I'd, I, you know, I'd explore the uh, the option of maybe selling and getting a really big payday for one of these players before the value probably decreases. Um, but if none of that happens, I'd be inclined just to keep all four together and give them a, 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 another full year. Yeah, I would as well. I think specifically, it's funny that you mentioned Salah because I think when it comes to Salah, he'd be the one I'd be least inclined to sell. Obviously, alongside Jota, Jota's just came, wouldn't be selling Jota. Yeah. But I think Firmino and Mane, I'd be, I'd be happier to sell. Um, but despite saying that, I'd keep them all comfortably. You know, if a bid comes in, a, a bid comes in. Maybe there's a conversation there. But I think when it comes to those four players, for me, they they absolutely stay. Mm. Um, but then there's a few players around those that are just maybe floating a little bit. So we'll start with Harry Wilson. Mm. Wilson is a bizarre one. <laughs> <laughs> Can I throw another name into this, by the way? Uh, yeah, first yeah, to talk about Woodburn because okay, he. Uh, I, I, I was watching. I've watched the under twenty threes a couple of times recently, and he's playing for them. I just think that's that's mad. Um, but yeah, playing, Wilson, is he is he playing well? <laughs> uh, uh, I'll be honest; I don't sound too critical, but not really. Not what I expect. I don't know if he's okay. maybe lacking the mo- motivation. Uh, but a player of his kind of pedigree at that level, you expect to stand out, and wasn't unimpressed. But anyway, Wilson, uh, I'd, I'd sell. You know, it, it, I, I think the club would like to get a deal done, but I just don't know if there's any any clubs out there who are actually willing to commit to buying. You know, the, the plenty seems to be willing to take him on loan, and he seems to do okay on loan, but you know, not actually when it comes to making the purchase. So for me, Josh, sell. Yeah, I'm the same. I think again, similar to a few other ones, it's one that you kind of want to get permanently done this summer because he's got two years left on his deal. Mm. So if you have to loan him again next summer, it becomes a bit more of a cheaper option for clubs who, who are wanting to buy him, but. He has had a decent season at Cardiff. He's he's registered seven goals and eleven assists. So that's not a bad return. You know, none of those have been penalties either. Mm-hmm. So he's he, he he's a decent player. You know, he, he should be interested in him. It just depends on I suppose Liverpool's asking price, which sometimes can be a bit a little bit weighty. But he's a player I'd I'd sell I wouldn't have any interest in keeping him. Hopefully Liverpool can get a buy there. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Next player, though, a little bit insistent, Dave. This would be a curious one, this. So, Harvey Elliott. Uh, it was weird, actually. I, I had an idea of my answer to this one, and now I'm really on the fence. I don't know why it's changed. Uh, but I'll be, I'll, 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 be, I'll be fair, and I'll say what I was going to say initially, uh, which was I think it wouldn't kill him to have another low move, potentially in the Premier League. Um just so he could continue to, you know, try and develop. Because he's still so young. Like, you kind of, yeah, he's like 20, 21, but he's not. No, he's still a teenager. He's 18, is he? Uh, 17, 18. So, I've been inclined to give him a little loan because I don't think he's ready. 
to to push for the start at Liverpool, but I do think he's a he's a he's a good option to have if he did stick around. But I'm going to go with another loan in the, in the Premier League this time, though. Yeah, see, this is another tricky one, and this is what I was saying earlier when it comes to it's difficult to say yes or no regarding a certain decision because of how many decisions relate to well, what if he goes or he stays or whatever. If Liverpool can sell. Mind you, you know what? I haven't, I've just realised I haven't even thrown Minamino into this. <laughs> He's still on loan, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah maybe, well. maybe, maybe we can talk about him in a sec, but all these players that Liverpool have got in the tack, the likes of Shaqiri, Arigi, if Liverpool can sell Wilson and Arigi and possibly Shaqiri as well, which I think the club would, I think I would be inclined to keep Elliot simply because of the the weight that we've lost in attack there and the options we we can't just start going and buy everyone. So we, we we do need numbers to an extent in attack. And I think if we were to get rid of those players, I think that would free up a bit of space for Elliot then to to be used. But a lot of that would depend on who we can manage to actually shift from the squad. And I don't disagree with what you've said in terms of whether he is definitely ready and whether he'd benefit from a long move to a Premier League club. I was going to say Premiership then, Dave. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> a, Need the time to, machine as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, to a Premier League club. Because I think in the Championship this season, you know, we've flagged him a few times. I've tweeted about him once or twice. He's, he's doing really, really well. Uh, very interesting player. Reminds me a lot of... I've compared him a little bit to Grealish because he doesn't, he doesn't score that much. But he's really creative, really good at moving the ball forward. Really good at seeing things that other players don't see, getting you into the penalty box, those sorts of things. So, if Liverpool can sell the right players, I would be inclined to keep him. But if not, I wouldn't have any issue either with a with a Premier League loan. Uh, Shakiri, Dave. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'd sell Shakiri as well. Actually, um, he's the type of player that we always talk about. The you know, he's another option. He can change the dynamic of the attack a little bit, but doesn't really seem to do that much when he actually does. Uh, and to be honest with you, that's that's maybe even a little bit harsh. I just think Liverpool could probably have an upgrade for that kind of profile in the squad. Yeah, Klopp seems, for whatever reason, despite the fact that he's kind of a little bit of a key to the door and he feels like a, a nice option to have on the bench, Klopp seems quite reluctant to use him a lot of the time, I think. Um, and I think it'd be better to maybe get in a player who offers similar stuff to Shaqiri, but Klopp kind of has a bit more faith in and has the potential to still have his peak at Anfield rather than Shaqiri, who's maybe past his peak. You know, he's now 29 years old. So, yeah, I would be inclined to sell him. Obviously, given his age, you, you absolutely wouldn't loan him. There's no loan deal to be had there. It's just a sale or he stays. But, yeah, I, I think I'd be inclined to sell him, even though he's... I think he's been a, a solid purchase. And I feel really, you know, we've got him for about 13, 15 million. Mm-hmm. I think he's been a decent buy. Um, and then Devokarigi, Dave. Another one. <laughs> Get rid of him. Honestly, <laughs> just... I've, I know he's a... I know he become a cult hero because he, he had this per, per kind of perfect blend of scoring him really important emotional fixes for Liverpool, aka Merseyside derbies. Obviously, he seems to score a lot of goals against Everton. 
uh, he, he scored some important goals in the in you know a few of big games in run-ins, title run-ins, and obviously he got the goal in Madrid on on route to win the Champions League. But you know, in, in terms of just a player, he, he's he's nowhere near this the level. I think you need to be to be an attacker in this Liverpool side, pushing to you know win the Premier League, do well in the Champions League and things. So he just needs to be sold, in my opinion. Yeah, the only thing with Rigi is he's contracted still until twenty twenty four, so he's not due to actually leave the club until Cloppers. <laughs> um, so you're technically in no rush to sell him. He doesn't, you know, he could technically be loaned for a year and Liverpool would still have three years on his deal to still get a decent fee for him I would obviously sell him but what I'm saying is you don't have to force him out the door and take any fee for him you could you could you could loan him and still get a decent fee next summer but I think in terms of keeping him around the squad I would definitely at the very least loan him just to get him Get him playing, but to, but to get him away from away, away get, from the get team. Get him Italy. away, yeah. Get him I don't want to sound too. I don't want to sound uh, you know horrible about it, but you know he's he's a player who I, I don't know if he's still at the club. Really, he's he's been at the club for a long time now, and uh, as you said, he's he's delivered some emotional moments and stuff like that. But in terms of his level, his level compared to those who he's playing alongside, he is definitely a step below. So. He's a player who, if Liverpool can get some funds for, that would be ideal. Um, and then, finally, Dave, I'll add on Minamino at the end. What are you, what are you doing with him? Yeah, I tell you what, it's not, it's not an easy job, Mr. Mr. Michael Edwards has, is it? Because there's, <laughs> there is a, there's a few grey areas and he is a little bit of a one. I'll be, again, I'll be, I'm going to be honest, I'm inclined to say sell. Because uh, it, it's an opportunity to get some funds in um, for the player who I'm not convinced it's going to work for. Had he went to Southampton and you know tore it up, shown the kind of Salt, Salzburg version of himself in the Premier League in in a capacity, then yeah, I'd be thinking, okay, get him back to Anfield and let's see what he can he can do. You know, in a settled campaign, but he just hasn't. So that to me says, you know, if you can sell him, sell him. Yeah, another one with with still a few years left on his deal, so Liverpool wouldn't be in a rush to sell him. But I think it'd be interesting to see what Edwards and, and Klopp do if they've kind of got a bit of a straight choice as to who to loan out and who to keep between Elliot and Minamino. Because um, I think you know, looking at the season Elliot's had, albeit in the Championship, I do think there's a few points there that you could make. In, in favour of keeping Elliot and loaning Minamino rather than keeping Minamino and loaning Elliot. But yeah, that's a, that's a tricky one that and it remains to be seen whether Southampton will want to keep him and stuff, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Mm. And then, crucially, Dave, the signing. So I assume you are making a signing in this department. So what are you looking at? So there's a player that I think could be a good option. Uh, wrote about him recently, and it's the reason I flag him really is because might might end up playing at the Euros, going away to Belgium, and it's Jeremy Doku, um, who you know he's only eighteen. He joined Rennes last or was it last summer? I think it was Rennes last summer in in Ligue 1. Um, 
originally Anderlecht. I think Liverpool actually tried to sign him about three years ago. Um, but he, to be fair to him, he, he turned. He, well, this is his side of the story, but apparently he turned down the move, just saying that he didn't believe he was he was ready to make such a step uh, and opted to you know kind of stick around and progress, develop more organically, uh, playing you know consistent first team football, and, and he's turned out to be a good player in league in this season. Um, no, he's. All, you know, I, 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 he basically come showed himself well in the numbers. Um, for example, I've got it here. Yeah, you know, of, of all the players who played over a thousand minutes in that division, uh, there was only three players, two of which were Mbappe and Neymar, who attempted more dribbles on a pair ninety basis. Um, you know, nearly nearly ten per ninety, which is high. I wouldn't expect to see that at Liverpool, but then maybe. Um, and I, I watched. I watched a lot of clips of him, um, and he, he he has a lot of similarities to to like a Sadio Mane type. You know, he's he's really he's really hard to predict on the ball. Uh, a bit of a maverick. Uh, you, even though he's only small, maybe like five foot seven, five foot eight, he's quite strong. Uh, got a lot of pace. Uh, just really difficult to defend against. The only downside is he he hasn't got the um, he hasn't really got the output in the final third yet. You know, he only contributed to five goals this season, but he's still so young. I just think he's a player who who could maybe Liverpool could bring in for a reasonable fee and he could grow under the likes of Mane and then maybe go on to be like a successor. And he can play on both sides as well. So just the reason I flagged him, Josh, he was a player I wrote about recently. I know he's going to the Euros with Belgium and he's just someone a little bit different to, to the names we've mentioned on here before. Um, you know, if, if we were going to go more predictable, maybe they might be like a, a Rafina type character because I think Rafina is, you know, a player we talked about before, and maybe he could be an option. But yeah, just someone wanted to flag with with yourself and obviously the people listening and watching. Yeah, he was someone I was going to mention actually when we did the scouting pod a few weeks back when we were just flagging names. He was on my list a little bit, but he got edged out by the three I ended up picking in the end. But I think when it comes for when it comes to signings in the forward department, for me, if I was Edwards, I would look at a, f- a forward who can play across multiple positions, obviously, like Mane can, like Salah can, like Jota can. But it's, and, and, and I think Liverpool should always look for players who are in a position to deliver now. I think, you know, they've done most of their developments, hopefully. So I've I've just listed three names that I think if I was in charge I would be having a bit of a deeper look at because I think they vaguely fit the criteria that I'm I'm highlighting. Um, one of them is Daniel Marlon, who I think they flagged the other week on the scouting pod. Just having a good season at PSV, uh, I think it's PSV, uh, versatile across multiple positions. I think he's played most of the time this season through the middle, but he can play. On the left, he's played on the right a little bit as well. Right-footed, scored 19 non-penalty goals in a Dutch Dutch at VC this season, while also registering eight assists. And he's still only 22. Another player who I think fits the bill, as you just mentioned, Dave, is Rafinha. Really good player, really intense, tricky, difficult to defend against, fast. Uh, about 24 years old, I think, so he's a good age. 
got a few years left on his deal, so it remains to be seen how much he'd cost. But I think he's he, he's proved this season that he's he, he, he's really capable for the step up. And I saw someone tweet actually saying, you know, c- comparing comparing them to Sancho and stuff. And someone looked at Sancho's numbers and Rafinha's numbers in in England, and you know they, they made the point as to like, you know, if, if Rafinha had spent a year in Dortmund. He'd be posting Sancho numbers probably. Uh, that's debatable, but I do think he there's a point there. To be honest, the only thing with Rafinha is he's left-footed. Now Salah is also left-footed and obviously prefers the right side of the pitch because of that. And I've mentioned about Kevin Elliott, Harvey Elliott, and Harvey Elliott left-footed. So the only issue with that would be if I was to sign Rafinha, I'd have Rafinha, Salah, and Elliott kind of all vying for the same spot really unless I was to loan Elliot's out but then there's going to be a point where Elliot starts to get more game time and then you've got a bit of a clogged position there a little bit if you like so that's a bit of an issue with that one and the final player who I think again just fits the bill enough is another player I think we've mentioned in the past in Herving Lozano so he used to be a PSV until he got to a point that Marlon got to now and he moved to Napoli. And I think he had a quiet start at Napoli. But this season in Serie A, he scored 11 times and assisted three. And he's now 20, 25 years old. He's fast. He's intense. He's still just 25, yeah? Yeah. A little, little older now. Yeah, he's fast. He's intense. He, he was suited to the, the general intensity of Liverpool's pressing game and stuff. Keen carry of the ball tricky so there are three players who I think still have enough room to evolve but also have evolved enough to deliver for Liverpool right now very similar to Jota and very similar to Salah and Mane when they came to Liverpool immediately really good players but they've also became better players at Anfield to the, to the extent that they've essentially delivered a Premier League title really mm. so I'd look, I'd look at that, uh, I, you know, against those players. It's difficult to determine who I'd buy because a lot of it depends on who'd go, who'd leave. But these, those are just names that I wanted to to flag, really, David, as as fitting the bill that I'm kind of after. Mm, yeah, and, the, you know, they are good players and the, there's, the, there's, it's easy to see why any one of those three... Um, would be a good move, and I I do have to say I, I think it would be good for Liverpool to bring another forward in. I thought Jota definitely um, enhanced the attack whilst he was available last season, specifically be- you know before the injury. You know it, it, he kind of put some almost fresh life, I'd say, into the front line. Uh, and I I think if Liverpool are really going to want to go again in terms of pushing for the Premier League, I think they're going to need that. You know they're going to need those new faces because. I don't know if you caught it, Josh. I was listening to, I was watching BT's interview with um, Guardiola and Ferdinand, and he was asking, he was asking uh, Guardiola, you know, how do you, how do you continue, continue to motivate your side each year yeah, to go? Yeah. yeah, did you see it to go and win trophies? And he said, didn't he? You know, he, he asked, he, he responded with a question to Ferdinand. He said, "Your, how many Premier Leagues did you win?" Ferdinand won six. 
he said and the team who won the first was that the same as the team that won the last obviously he responded no he said well Guardiola pointed out that's key he said you know got to bring in new faces got to got to switch it up re-energise the squad and I think uh, I think that'll be important. The, uh, just bringing in one new quality attacker can give the pools front line a massive boost next season. Yeah. So to conclude, I think we can probably say that Liverpool have got a fair, fair amount of selling to do now after signing Canate. Obviously, he didn't need to sell anyone really to get Canate, and that was a, that was a must. And I think if Liverpool can get the sell done, I would look to bring in. An additional forward, perhaps one of those three names that I've just listed. And then perhaps, if we're being greedy and if we get the players sold that we want, I would look at, you know, a number 10 slash number 8 who can who will chip in with, with goals, um, mm. such as the two that I listed earlier. So, yeah, uh, I think we'll conclude there, Dave. We're a little bit over the usual hour mark. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, hopefully it was a good listen. And cheers, mate. Cheers, everyone. Yeah, and we'll be back next week to to continue recording throughout the summer. So if you've got any ideas for podcasts for us, you know, do give us a shout. We'll see what we can do. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel.